Hello and welcome to another episode of Idea Prov uh, with your host, Mike Pedersen. I'm here with a good friend of mine that we work at, uh, we work together and his name's Daniel. And every single time we cross in, in the hallway, there was always some really positive, energetic conversations. So when I came up with the Idea Prov, there was some people that I had in mind and he was one of the people that I said, you know what, I gotta get him on an episode some way, somehow, uh, to kind of share his, uh, share his life, his experiences, and get some good energy flowing through it. So I wanna introduce him, give him the floor for a minute to let him know what, he, what he's all about. And uh, so how are you doing today, Daniel? What's, what's, what's life like? Man, Mike, I'm good, Brent. I'm really good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I can't complain. Yeah. Well, man, I want to say uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you. F- thank you for having me on the podcast, man. And um, I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, this is um, this is an honor to be on here, man, to, so we can chat it, chat it up, talk and get into a couple of things. So thank you. All right. So the pleasure's been the pleasure's been all mine. Uh, so with kind of a profound uh, brothers such as yourself, what has been what has been on the mind? What has been your focus? What has been your passion? Your your career? Where where have you put your creative juices recently? Well, I mean, just you know, to start off, you know, I guess uh, my professional vocation is digital design and slash web developer, um, in which I do that for a um, corporation or a company of restaurants. Uh, and so really trying to utilize my creativity, man, to um, uplift, build, um, encourage, you know, people, um, and especially young people. So that's really been where I've been at uh, right now, uh, especially in the landscape that we're in right now, man, with COVID and everything is changing, everything is going virtual, really trying to find and help people um, and find ways to help people uh, make connections in this in this space that we're in right now. So with those connections, are we talking about more professional connections, more personal connections? Are you trying to have people kind of vibe in the same um, in the same lane, like like bring positivity or is it more like like professional networking? Well, man, just really trying to be a light and and be a help um, in any way um, that I I can, you know, utilizing all my skill set, man, from creativity to digital to social. Um, to really be a light and help people, you know, navigate through this, um, uh, through this time that we're in right now. So uh, if if that's helping them on the technology side, uh, helping them start their, you know, their live stream, or if it's, you know, um, you know, working with the youth um, at my church and staying connected with them and um, doing the summer months and um, it's so it's just a multiple things but whatever I find my my hands to do uh, creatively to really help people uh, you know be the better you know be them better better selves um, and to um, and to just encourage people give people light man yeah I think I think you're on the right path because um, I think there's not I would say there's a lot of people that are, I feel are lost um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, and so when you can help in multiple different avenues of people's lives and be able to help, you know, nurture their own creativity and kind of nudge them in the right direction or be that sounding board for them, I think that can go a huge way to kind of uh, help people feel at ease in these uncertain times. So I gotta commend you for that because it's not, it's not everybody that kind of goes about it that way a lot of people like to take care of their own and being able to spread that is going to be impactful i think yeah yeah definitely man it's like you know with this um you know new way of doing things you know uh with the social distancing and everything that's going on man we really you know just trying to find ways to you know utilize your whole self you know and that's the, that's the part of being creative as well is find you know aspects of your of yourself that you can give to others that will help them you know so um it's not a uh, i'm doing this or i'm doing this but it's more like i'm doing this 
and I'm utilizing this skill set, my skill set in this, and I'm utilizing my skill set in technology. I'm utilizing my skill set in encouraging. I'm utilizing my skill set in um, so many different ways. And I, I think when you look at it that way, uh, that it's a, um, you know, it's a, a, a complete uh, picture of things instead of being so monopic into, I have to help someone in this particular way. I found myself doing the same thing, right? Taking on new skills, new ideas, new way of, new ways of working. I mean, with just this podcast alone, like I've become, seems like a marketing manager. I've become a, a video editor. I've become a, a sound engineer and all these kinds of things. And then there, there's sometimes where people ask me like, hey, have you ever, you know, dabbled in that? And I've been like, well, as a matter of fact, I have. Like, I, I didn't think I was gonna be editing, you know, sound clips, but now, yes, I do have a little bit of experience. And it's sharing that that little bit of knowledge to help to help somebody in a different way than you might normally, not normally do. Um, it's kind of fun too. It is because you know you're you're trying to find ways to engage and you're and you're really looking within yourself to say how can I help this person what skill set do I have and then you you learn how to be resourceful and like you said you know uh, when it comes to sound you know uh, you know sound tech and learning how to EQ um, even this podcast you know uh, or even trying to uh, find ways to see how you can encourage someone and make, you know, uh, put a smile on their face, you know? And that may be, you know, looking at uh, a joke or getting a joke from social media and sharing that, you know, um, on your newsfeed or something like that or in your story. So it's just multiple ways to be creative, man, and, and to um, build the people that's around you and abroad, so. Wonderful, yeah, that, I, think it, I think you're spot on. We're on the same, we're on the same path and, and doing things for good. Now, I think you, you, you kind of touched on something that uh, kind of brings us to our topic for today in the fact of, you know, bringing people along and sharing things for good and, and passing the, the positive energy. And that's what's really about our topic for, for today in the fact that we wanted to talk about how do we instill and help bridge the skills uh, we found valuable from generation to generation. Um, so of course, our parents taught us wonderful things. We're gonna hopefully teach our kids wonderful things. But there's some things that maybe we didn't learn or some gaps in information. And we wanna try and close those, of course. But my first inclination about how to bridge these gaps is one, I feel like you have to make your best attempt to try and put some of those uh, those thoughts, those feelings, those teachings together by you know potentially physically putting those two generations together. So putting the you know the, the older generation, the grandparents with the young ones so that way they can instill the generation they won't play that telephone with you in the middle and just having that authentic um, vibe in the middle, I guess you could say to kind of pass those skills naturally. Um, however, in the world of COVID, we're in a little bit of a different circumstance. Um, so I realized that, but I think we have to really focus on what are the values and not so much the how or trying to do it in the same fashion, right? So whether it's honesty, whether it's integrity, all those kinds of things, like they can be taught in many different ways. So I think you almost have to find a way that's going to resonate with the next generation what the older generation went through. Does that seem on point, off base? Yeah, yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying, you know, I mean, to one of your, your first points as far as that gathering, uh, especially in the time that we're in right now, uh, you know, just trying to find creative ways to gather. And so uh, we're in a, a world of technology, you know, just tech um, from your phone to your watch, wearable technology, and it's, it's all around us. And so finding ways um, to gather even in the time that we're in right now. So that could be, you know, FaceTime with the grand grandparents, you know, and the, um, and her, you know, the granddaughter or the uh, grandbabies or, uh, you know, story time and, and finding ways that we can still gather 
Um, so that's a, that's a great point um, in that. Um, and and I think when it comes to you know you know that, that bridge, it really you really have to like look deep inside yourself and, and really do like an introspect of, of yourself and um, all the values that you've learned, you know, and that you picked up. Um, and why are they valuable to you? You know, uh, why are they valuable? Um, so they can be, uh, you know, um, they can be, uh, I guess, put, or, or they can be handed down to the next generation. Uh, and so if that's making sure that, you know, saying that you're, you're whole or you're healed in certain areas, um, and to make sure that what you're passing down is, is valuable in the sense of knowing that, hey, um, and that includes just not all the good, positive things, you know? That may just be, you know, that's the great, that's the good, that's the bad, that's the ugly. But finding ways that, you know, you have to look within yourself and uh, find value in that and find ways that you can present that to the next generation. Um, uh, and let them know that, hey, this is valuable uh, because it wasn't a good experience, but this is something, this is what I've learned from that. And, and be an open book in that sense, you know? And because, um, I mean, it's so many times where, you know, we hold um, the bad um, and, and just give out the good. And I don't think we're doing the next generation um, service and justice when we do that and 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 also we're not giving them hope you know yes. Yes. <laughs> to let yeah, them yeah. know that yeah go ahead yeah no i think i think you're, you're spot on because that i think that gets i've spoken about it on, on other on other episodes it's the ability to kind of humanize right to say i'm not perfect to take a step back and and show hey these are the things these are where i misstepped in or i felt i misstepped in life um and the thing is a lot of these missteps are not what we typically would think of as far as missteps they could just be you know maybe you pivoted a little bit too long or something like that um so it's it's interesting that you that you brought that up because i think it's it's super valuable to to show the entire spectrum of I guess those uh, those experiences in life. Uh, one of the things that I've always taken away, especially um, from my parents with those experiences, is that they were always very influential in showing me not only their experiences, but how those experiences affected those around them uh, to give me a wide perspective of, hey, this is how this is how you operate, but this is how it also impacts the world. This is how my friends felt these this is how my other family members felt this is how my work colleagues felt these are how these different groups of people felt or interacted with them on, on such and such occasion so that i felt like i got a, a full 360 experience of what it meant to make that step in that direction um, so i think i think you're 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 all kind of on the same basis um i think in, in the nature of how do we relay those? I think we have to be very cognizant of how the next generation is going to perceive some of the teachings that we're talking about. Because things have changed tremendously in the last 80 years. I mean, you're talking about going back from like the mid 1950s to now you have people that are able to physically see other people on the other side of the world via FaceTime. You know, we didn't have phones all the way back to this. So getting the next generation, which is very uh, quick to focus on other things sometimes, um, the value of sitting down and internalizing these so they can kind of apply it to their own lives, I think is going to be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> and I'm laughing because, you know, that's uh, questions that I'm constantly you know, asking myself and, and evaluating within myself is like, how can I get the values and the and the lessons um, to the next generation? You know, I'm a father of three, um, and it's a you know I have two two teenagers, 
um, in the house and you know with the you know today's teenager man it's like they the have access to technology and have access to information at the palm of their hands, you know? And so your teenager will fact check you <laughs> if you tell them something like that may be slightly off or they uh, want to know about. And, and so having that accessibility, you have to find, I think, ways to really get into their world and understand how they may perceive the world they they see the world as you know i don't want to date my age man but you know we didn't have cell you know cell phones you know growing up in, in high school i mean cell phones was was new and you had to have money to have cell phones we had you know you know beepers and and different things you know uh but now they have you know this thing called the internet at the palm of their hands on their cell phone and social media uh, that get the news out there faster than sometimes the news itself you know and so understanding that you know from their eyes that you know everything is at their fingertips and, and so understanding like how okay so how can i get into their world to understand and so I can have that gathering place via virtual, via, you know, in person. I can have that gathering place to where I can still instill the lessons that I've, I've that I find valuable because over generations, they don't change. You know, hard work is still hard work. You still have to work hard, you know, and that's a lesson that you still have to teach the, the next generation, um, even if it's, you know, digitally, you know, you still have to work your idea. Uh, even if you want to be a social media influencer, you still have to work and post. So hard work doesn't change from generation to generation, right? But it's just how, um, how do the next generation take the, 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 the essence of hard work and apply it into what they're doing at that time you see so if you have access to information you have access to data um, you have you have access to all these things you know we should challenge the next generation to say hey now what are you going to do with it you know and that's a way to still in, to to still instill hard work to say hey you know, don't believe the lie that, um, you know, it doesn't take hard work. It doesn't take persistence. It doesn't take consistence, consistency to to really um, uh, to really achieve your goal. It's still going to take th those things in this digital world, in this world that you're living in now. But now you have to find a way to leverage and utilize what was in your hand even more. Yeah. Yes, I think that's that's a huge point because I think there's a there could be a lot of younger um, younger generation that might look at it and say, you know, yes, I have the internet in the palm of my hand. I can do a ridiculous amount of things with social media. Um, however, the ability to make yourself a little bit different so that way you succeed, like you press forward, is I think uh, could be potentially lacking. Um, not to say there's a don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really good, smart, intelligent, um, young adults that are creative that are changing the world. I can't name them off the top of my head, but I know there are. I've seen the articles, I've seen the the, the, um, the channels and the things that they're doing with you know social good and, and whatnot. So I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. Um, but I think there's also on the flip side of that, there are a lot of teenagers, young 20 year olds that are thinking, I can create myself a YouTube channel or I'm gonna create myself a, a TikTok account, put up some funny videos and I'm gonna do this. Somebody's gonna find me, I'm gonna go viral. Next thing you know, I'm gonna be making $20 million a month, you know, because I'm the most hilarious, funny person on the planet. And while that is a possibility, the probability for most is it's not gonna happen, right? Um, so I think what you, what you touched on is like, what are you going to do with these values? And so like, I want to, I want to bring back to you a question that I, that I thought of, you know, in anticipation of this, of this podcast. And I said, 
is it more important to instill the values that we, as I guess you could say the middle generation, feel is the most impactful that they need? Or is it more helpful to them to listen and learn the values that they want to learn for the way that they want to proceed mm. in their life? <clears throat> That's good. That's a good question. Um, I think it takes a little bit of both. Um, I, I think if you have one without the other, um, <clears throat> it won't, it will cause a deficiency. Uh, and so you have to find ways to bridge, bridge the values and what we have learned in our lives to the next generation uh, so they can problem solve and solve the things that their generation is dealing with. And, and so, you know, you know, because sometimes history, well, we know that history repeats itself, you know, and I, I was telling my, my son one day, he was like, oh, dad, he was telling me about a new, uh, a new fad and what they call the new wave. Dad, this is the new wave, right? This is cool. This is the new wave. And I'm like, oh, man, that, that, that's nothing but the... <laughs> And it was a dance. I'm like, that's nothing but the, we used to do that back in, you know, back in high school. And he said, oh, no, but we do it differently. And so I say, oh, let me show you a couple of videos. And, and so I say that to say this, that it's, it, it's still, you know, history repeats itself. So it's going to take for us to let the next generation know about the, you know, about what we've been through, even if they may have you know, problems in their generation that may be slightly different than, you know, information is power. They're going to need that to actually tackle the problems that their generation is facing. Yeah, it's, it's true because I think, I think that's the most crucial, I guess, skill, trait that we can teach next generation is how to problem solve, how to open their mind, how to think of things differently, how to, you know, take in information and not just one regurgitate. So I think there's part of that that's an educational reform, you know, kind of topic. Um, but I'm also looking at it's the little things, right? So when the little one asks you, hey, well, you know, what is, I don't know, uh, what is slavery or what is this or, or what is that? When they start talking about those type of issues, it's not the greatest, in my opinion anyway, to just regurgitate the information of what you've been taught, right? I think we have a responsibility to ourselves and the next generation to open up their mind to have a little bit bigger of a conversation. So what do you think education reform means? What do you think, you know, legislative bodies should do as far as making laws? Um, even on a smaller scale, like, I don't know, uh, you know, when little kids like to ask, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the things in the back of the car when you're driving like hey mommy what does a dentist do you know things like of that nature like okay like okay let's talk it through so that way they get used to finding answers for themselves and allowing their minds to open up to find the problems themselves rather than being stoic and just saying this is what i've been taught this is what it is i don't need to research i don't need to look into it any further to open that up open up that that playbook and to realize that the world is constantly in motion, constantly learning in regards to what it is. Because if we stayed like that 20 years ago, I guarantee that we would have never had some of the innovations that we do today if people thinking stayed the same. Dead on. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mike, on that. Um, and that, that piece of, you know, that skill set of being a critical thinker is so vital. Um, in everything and that entails being resilient, you know, and being patient, you know, that's that's another thing that I think uh, a value that needs to be um, handed to our, our next generation is the value of patience and being patient and you know when you critically thinking uh, and thinking your way through things and like you said prompting uh, the young person to say hey what do you think about that you're automatically triggering something inside of them 
that they're going to look within themselves and look at their perspective, how they see life, and they're going to, to they're going to come up with an answer. And so that takes that's take resilience. That takes uh, a skill set of patience uh, with that young person. You know what I'm saying? To understand that, hey, you know, they're trying to figure this out. You know what I'm saying? And this is it's important that I'm patient with them because that that way I am showing them patience and how to be patient with themselves. <laughs> how to be really patient with themselves when it comes to um, thinking through some of these challenging things, you know, and not be so quick to respond, but actually be able to look within themselves and find the answer um, that their generation needs. So you're dead on. Yeah, and you talked about the patience and the listening, um, and I know that was that was one of the big things that was very large in, in my family growing up was um, I remember many times doing homework at the at the table or something like that, and I would I would ask my mom or I ask my dad, um, hey, how do how do I figure this out? How do I do whatever? And they would just tell me, well, tell me what you think about it. And knowing full well that I knew that my parents knew the answer because they were smart people but they never gave me the easy road out and just told me what the answer was. You know, they would sit there and they would listen. They would say, mm-hmm, and uh-huh, and all this kind of stuff while I'm just sitting there talking. And eventually, like, I would get there. And while it might have been frustrating when I was 12 or 13 and I wanted to get the answer so that way I could go play, um, it was really vital because now whenever I need to think of something or come up with a solution like the first place that I go is inside my head is inside to try and figure it out to try and tweak it now there is another evolution of that I believe in which I can start going to others and kind of co-create solutions hence idea prop hello plug um, <laughs> but I think that's that's huge in that patience piece um, to jump back and I also want to touch on another point from the from the listening and the patience because you were talking about uh you know your mom and that's how we used to do it back in the day i remember there was a dance move i can't remember which one it was out but my mom looked at my sister and i was kind of like this is this is nothing new we used to do this back in the 50s it was called the watusi <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> the watusi <laughs> yeah. And of course, my mom, yeah. all five foot two of her, you know, a hundred pounds soaking wet, she whipped out the greatest Watusi I have ever seen and she killed it. Um, but it was it was just those moments, I guess, that, that you can't she could have played that totally differently, right? But because she injected that creativity, she listened, she was patient, we went back and forth. And of course she tried to do our dance move too, and you know, that was hilarious. But that was a great family moment that if she wouldn't have thought about it like that, it could have been like, eh, you know, youngsters or whatever, and could have been, you know, cratchy and old about it. You know, and I think that's that's a big portion. Like you have to put your, yourself aside to be able to say, hey, listen, they can teach me as much as I can teach them. And just because of the way I know it now doesn't mean that it's a, that it can't be taught or it can't be learned in a different form or fashion. That's perfect, Mike. And, and to that point, man, just understanding the power of play, the power of play, the being able to play with your kids, play with. Uh, the ne next generation or someone that you may mentor, if it's a video game, if it's actually doing a TikTok dance, whatever it is, the power of play is a is a is a platform and an area where you can instill the value, instill you know lessons of life, and say like, hey, you know this young person, nothing new is under the sun. What you're doing right now, we've done before. You know, um, and but we may have done it in a different way, you know, and we may have called it something a little different, but it's very, very similar. And, and have the other, you know, the young person understand like, wow, okay, you know, I'm creating something, you know, that's within my generation, but it is still connected to to the past. It's still connected to my lineage. It's still connected in, in a way. And so they'll find value you know, even value in it. And they, and one thing too, I, I uh, because I work with a lot of young people, 
uh, like I said before, I'm a, well, maybe I didn't say this, but I'm a youth pastor at my church and I work with a lot of young people. And one thing that, um, as I encourage young people um, and, and, you know, speaking to their life, um, you know, positivity, um, it's important for me also to speak into the parents' lives to understand the parents are the guardians, guardian life. Because I think it's important for um, the parents to understand that, you know, what they're doing is working, you know, and, and to trust the process, trust what they are instilling in, in, the, in their, um, in their um, kids. Because sometimes as parents, you can get discouraged. Like, oh, the, you know, it's, my teenager think they know it all. They're not listening to me. They're not getting it. And you'd be surprised that every time that you take that moment in the car, every time you take that moment to share something and, 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 and don't hold it back to trust the process, to trust that it is getting into them. They are receiving it. They may not express it now, you know, but they will and it will come out and it will be manifested in a, in a way that is needed for their generation. But to, to, to be encouraged and not give up and not stop um, and to always um, just be consistent when it comes to pouring these values and these lessons into, uh, into your young one or into the next generation. Yeah, I think that is super helpful because I think a, there's a, probably a lot of parents out there that feel that it's not getting through. Every single time that I talk to them about honesty or integrity or, or, or doing what you say you're going to do or um, all those important values of hard work and, and determination and fortitude and stuff. And every single time I talk to them, the only thing that they're doing is they've got their headphones on or they're, they're in their phone all afternoon or they're watching TV nonstop or they're looking out the window in the car. Like it, it's difficult because it will wear on a parent because um, I believe it was another one of the podcasts. Do you feel like you're doing it too much? Do you feel like you're overbearing? Do you feel like it, you're not getting through? And so it, it's tough for parents to not give up, you know, um, and to stay the course. Because it was funny, my uh, significant other was asking me the other day, who, who is in your head when you have to make a decision? Whose voice do you hear? Is it your mother? Is it your father? Is it a grandparent? Is it an aunt? Is it an uncle? Um, and I thought it was a really deep question because I, I had never really thought about it before. But eh, for me, I, I have to feel lucky and privileged that I have the ability to, one, have both parents that, that you know have given me a good foundation, but that I have both of them in my head, depending on what it is. You know, I can hear my mom talk about some things. I can hear my dad talk about some things. Um, so making sure that you stay the course as the guardian of their internal brain is, is huge. It's profound. My dad always kind of came up with a, with an old saying, he's like, he's like, I have to get you physically to 18. He's like, but I know at 18, between 18 and probably about 26, you're going to lose your mind. He's like, if I can get you, if I can get your mind to 26, you're fine. You're, you're, you're set. And it, it wasn't until I came on the other side of 26 that I really understood what he was talking about. But it was so true, you know, on a regular basis, you know, I mean, I didn't think I was invisible when I was or invincible when I was 21, 22. I knew things could happen to me, but at the same time, I didn't really grasp life yet. Um, and then when I started to get older, I started to realize and have a little bit more life experience that all of a sudden these things that he had been teaching me since the time I was, you know, tiny, um, came to roost. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. So, you know, staying the course is, is a is a big thing that I think people can take advantage of. I also think people can really take advantage of talking to their children more talking to their children more and not necessarily talking to them, but instead of lecturing, because I know that's, that's an easy world to get into, is to talk to them in a way that enables them to talk to you. Because then you really kind of 
get inside like their brain and learn the way that they think, learn the way that they absorb information, which will then in turn allow you to help teach them better future down the road. Get them to talk about themselves, what they're feeling, what their thoughts are when they go through certain experiences in life, because that will give you super valuable feedback on the things that they will value and find important. And oh, then yeah, I think you can cater your skills to them. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, as a parent, you know, uh, or a guardian, you have to be, and that's why I say patience, you know, be able to listen and be able to listen, especially when they get in their modes when they want to talk. <laughs> you know, sometimes they don't want, they want to talk. They don't want to talk. But in the modes when they do want to talk, just be able to, to, to listen um, to them is a, is a powerful, uh, it's a powerful uh, role. Uh, that we think that is not doing much, but for them to express themselves and, and feel that they are safe, you know what I'm saying, with you, their ideas, their craziness is safe with you as they learn themselves uh, that it's a safe place to, to express and that you're not going to look at them any differently and you're gonna love them unconditionally uh, through it all. And also, you know, so it's, it's been times where I've just listened. I haven't said much, you know. I, I don't say much at times and I, I just listen and I listen to, you know, what they're really saying, what what's what's behind, you know, th them talking about their day at school, you know, and the heartbeat behind it um, and also listening to what they're not saying, you know, um, it all everything. It, you'd be surprised of how much information you get by just listening. So I think that's, like you said, that's a, a key uh, component to communicating and keeping communication open um, between, you know, your young person um, and the next generation. Because if they're if they're close to you emotionally, um, then you're not going to be able to pass anything down, any values down to them anyway. You know, and that sometimes that takes withholding. Um, what you think is right, what your opinion, withholding that, you know, and seeing that they have to go through their process, you know, um, and understand when to come in and to speak and to say that, you know, and that's, you know, that takes patience and, and a reserve and a strength that you know that you have the answer, <laughs> you know, that you have something, well, I would say something that can help them, but it's not time yet to release it and say it to them because you're waiting for them to be open to you enough to receive what you have to say, you know? And so when you say that to a young person, you know, um, you may say it and sometimes just leave it. You know, and what you have said, like, it's so many things, like you, you mentioned, Mike, so many things that my, my dad and my mom have taught me uh, over the years, um, how to be patient with your words and how to, and how to just say things to kind of leave it sometimes. And, you know, what they have said, I hear it again from the clerk at the cash register. Or am and you know and it's like man that's what my mom said oh man that's what my dad said you know and and so to trust the process and that to trust that you know um, the wisdom that you're teaching your kids uh, will be echoed um, you know in multiple areas and they may listen to you and may not it may not it may not seem like they're always listening to you and that you have their their um, their ear all the time, but they are, and they will receive that wisdom and will receive that that understanding of the areas that will always just kind of point back to what you said. The the fact that you kind of brought that full circle, I think, was was really nice. And the the part that really got me as well was the part that you talked about removing your opinion from either the lesson or the teaching. I think that is so exceptionally valuable for a lot of parents because it's it's extremely easy to when you're discussing a topic or whatever to inject your viewpoint on the particular subject matter. It's easy to talk about how you feel 
politically, you know, about maybe the climate or or how you feel about education or or history or um, you know the values that you're talking about working hard and all this kind of it's easy to 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 interject those things but i think it's super important into a young impressionable mind for them to be able to make their own decision to make their own thought process to to connect the dots in the in the ways that they best resonate with them um because i think that's also how a lot of potentially negative opinions of things get passed down is from parents saying they had one bad experience in their life before the child was even born and all of a sudden it's clouded their judgment about maybe an entire group of people and then all of a sudden when they have their kids they say hey don't associate with this particular person don't associate with these type of people um, and without even knowing it they've essentially told their child to be discriminatory and that's that's a, that's that's not something that anybody needs and it's not a malicious thing it's not something that um, I don't think many people intend to do but it's a byproduct of them kind of being and you have to be cognizant of that and say hey you know what this is my opinion let me separate that from what we're talking about and realize maybe my opinion should be better said in a year, two years, five years, 10 years, when maybe you have formulated your own opinion. And then we can have a wonderful conversation about how we see this one particular instance differently. And then who knows, you could, your mind could be changed by based on something that your child says, you know, and opening up those, uh, I guess those ports to, to, to thinking things differently. Now, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit to, um, I guess you could say the older generation, right? Because there's a, a constant, uh, I would say churn sometimes in which they feel that the younger generation maybe doesn't have some of the values that they had to go through. Some of the difficulties that they had to go through. Things are super easy. They don't know the value of hard work. They don't know, um, the value of networking and pounding the pavement for jobs or or having to not know where your next meal is coming from and, and those type of things. How do we have that conversation with, I guess, our parents or the older generation to say, hey, I think these things are happening, but they're happening differently than the way you experienced it. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah, good point, man. I mean, it's two ways when you think about bridging. Um, it's two ways. So it's, you know, to the generation that's going forth, you know, your generation, which is which is us, you know, we're the bridge and we have the younger generation and then we have the older generation that's behind us. And so I think it's important that the fact that you make is that it's, it's, it's both ways. And to, to under to I would say this when it comes to older people, sometimes they can and the older older generation, sometimes they can be stuck in their ways, right? You know, and it's a saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And sometimes they're gonna see it how they see it. They live life, and they'll probably tell you, you know, keep living. You'll find out and and these things so it takes again a strength <laughs> and to understand that everyone the older generation uh, is it's very powerful and we need what they have the next generation need what they have but to understand that we may not be able to change their their viewpoint and that's okay we may and, and be and be at peace at that but to understand and be able to extrapolate what they are giving and what they are giving um, and what they are teaching uh, and be able to um, pass that along to the next generation. Because when let's take, you know, the current events that's going on right now with social injustice and, you know, it's like reminiscing of the civil rights and and everything that's going on and and how this generation of young people are not, 
they're not taking it. They're saying, no, not in my generation. Um, social injustice, racism is not going to carry on in my, in my generation, and I'm going to make an effort. So in words, this is their civil rights. This is their, their, this is their moment in, in time. And I think as the, you know, the older generation look at it and actually see like, wow, okay, the landscape is a little different. You know, they, you know, they're not getting hoes like we got hoes back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, they're not, they're not having to deal with certain things that we're, we're dealing with, but yet they still have the courage to fight and they still are, are, are using their voices and they're doing it in different ways. If it's a uh, social media, um, um, social media um, protest, if it's going out there in the streets physically, if it's going dealing with, you know, laws and regulation, if it's telling people to vote, they, you know, they actually will see that, wow, this young generation, they're actually, they got it. And, and to be understand that. So just I, for me, I would say just being at peace that some things that you may not be able to change, but the things that you can, you know, focus on that and, and, and know that it's going to, it, it's all working it out for the good. I think you touched on, on, a, on a couple of good points. One of the ones that I want to, to bring to light again was the concept of, of the way that you interact and the way that you go about talking to the older generation about the information that they have, right? So I think what's really profound or can be super helpful is asking that older, more experienced generation how they would go about the problems of today based on the knowledge that they have. You know, so not only does that open up their lens, their perspective, but it'll allow them to feel part of the process, to feel part of the solution, to feel like they are helping in the times rather than coming from a place that's so gravely different. It's the same situation, um, but they're looking at it through a different lens. Um, and I think that can be a huge bridge for the younger generations to in turn say, okay, I might not agree with grandma, grandpa, or these elder people that I'm associating with. However, they have also been living a lot longer than I have. Let's take what's going on today and ask them, how would you go about it? At the very least, they'll give you some off the wall answer that might not make any sense and not be applicable or that you might not feel is applicable. But at the same time, that could be something that may come across in another six weeks, nine months, or something like that, where you said, hey, you know what? They might've been onto something. Um, and not only that, I think that will also bring the older generation on board to say, hey, listen, everybody, they're asking me for my input. They're, they're, they're valuing my opinion. They're valuing the information that I'm giving them, which is in turn going to make them more open-minded to be able to help, to be able to assist, to be able to bridge the gap and share more and more often about the experiences that they went through, which will then in turn make the future outcome or the current outcome better. So on the opposite side of that is if we're having these conversations with the older generation, how do we have those conversations with the younger generation to say, hey, these teachings are, you might wanna listen. You know, you might wanna take a moment and I understand it's different and things will be different because you have a lot longer space to go, but how do we say to them that might be reluctant, hey, old timer, hey, Okay, boomer, I guess is the, is the new one. Um, like you have no idea what's, how this is gonna impact, you know, right now. Um, I, I'm not sure how to, how, to, how to go about that one yet. That's, that's good, man. And that's why we're on this show right now. Idea prop, you know, and that is, uh, that is a challenge. Um, I think that we have to, um, understand that it's a challenge and what the same 
for the older generation, it's, it's going to be the same for the newer generation. You know, sometimes they, they're not going to listen and they're going to have their own process and you have to be at, at peace with that. But one thing is, although they may not listen, the next generation may not listen when you share, the thing is that you have done what you needed to do and you have done and you have shared and that's all you can do. You can make a young person listen and take heed to what uh, you have experienced because you have to give them the dignity of their process. And so they have to go through their process to learn, oh, maybe what they were saying was, was true, you know? And, and so I'm reminded of, of, of a verse in the Bible that says they call them um, old because they know the way and they call them young because they're strong. So it's two different strengths, you know, the strength of experience and the strength of the strength of vitality and, and energy. And they need each other <laughs> to make anything move. They need each other. The strength need the um, the strength of vitality, need the strength of knowing the way. And I think our I think our job and what you're doing right here, like I said, is 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 great because it's creating a platform um, for generations to bridge is creating a, a platform to problem solve. And so that's all we can do is just do our part um, and and hope that the chips will will lie um, where they may. And that's in our favor. Um, and, and so just doing our part is is I think it's the key. And if we're not so consumed about everything else and if they're doing it, and if they're not going to do it, but just simply do our part, um, I, I, I think we'll, we'll end up at a better place. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm thinking about how people go about um, doing their part, right? Like, so what are ways that people can, I guess, break down those walls in between the older generation, the younger generation, and, and that's what we're all talking about here. Like, how do we how do we bridge that gap? Um, I think some what's the word I'm looking for? Some aspects of that have already started to begun, uh, just with the sheer volume of technology. There's lots of information out there. People can go from many different sides and talk with with uh, with different things. I do feel one of the strong ways that can be done, especially with the younger generation, is you have to make the wisdom and the knowledge from older generations applicable to the younger generations. You cannot teach in the same aspect, the same way, the same thought patterns that were useful generations ago. It, it doesn't really make the same sense to them. Um, I think you have to find a way to teach differently, to shorten the teachings, to make them engaging, to, like you said, add play to it. So that way, when they see these later in life, they can still use them appropriately. And it's difficult to do or else we wouldn't have the friction that we do now sometimes. Um, but I'm looking at some, in some aspects of, of things, that I, and I like the way that you brought up the, the social justice portion of it because I feel like that is an area that could really change over the near future, whether it's police reform, education reform, politics, and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that uh, could change. I, I've talked to people, of course, about the political climate, and it's all over, and I'm not going to really jump into the feelings on that, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that will say, when you look into Congress or whatever, you see the same type of person, and it is not indicative of the people that are in the United States right now. Yeah. I'm not going to go any farther than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going go any farther than that. 
but, but I hear what you're saying. You know, yeah, I mean, you look at the proposal, you know, candidates for the next president, and both of them are 70 something years, you know, old, going on 80. And you kind of wonder, I'm like, can we get somebody who's actually going to be around for the stuff that they've created? Uh, it's just a thought, you know, and that's a, that's a different conversation, different episode. Um, so I think we're we're on the right path to to something profound here. Um, I think it's just all in the way that how we formulate it. Yeah, I couldn't agree um, more. I think you know, and that's the creative part, finding that that platform um, where both can intersect and understand that is value on both ends of this bridge. And, and so one thing that I, I've done recently in the, in the age you know, that we're in right now, social media, is I created a micro vlog um, with my family. You know what I'm saying? And so like I said before, I have you know, two teenagers and you know, it's TikTok, 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 Snapchat, you know, and they're on social media. And I'm like, okay, you know, you, instead of thinking of a thinking thinking of it in a way of I'm competing it's not necessarily competing I'm actually joining in so it's not a competition I'm actually joining in and I'm getting into their world um, to really be able to have that ground where I can keep the, the the lines of communication open the lines of engagement open and so that's a creative one, one, a creative way is to create something that you can do to, together that speaks to their generation, you know? Um, and that could be vlogging, um, that could be DIY, that could be anything within, you know, the digital platforms that they, that they grew up on, that, that that's all they know is social media, you know? And that takes a little bit of, um, you know, getting out of ourselves to look at the bigger picture and to create that that area, that platform to where now I'm still teaching and I'm still instilling um, what I know, but I'm doing it in a different way. I'm teaching it in a different way and um, and they're still receiving it, even though they don't know that they're receiving it. <laughs> they're still getting it, you know, so. Yeah. And I, I, think you, I think the other thing too that we have um, at our disposal is to be, and you touched on it there, to be instruments of change for those generations on either side, right? So when we do get those really creative um, older generations that are really involved and, and want to share their knowledge, have them be advocates for others of their own generation to be able to spread the word of hey this is this is positive things that these other generations are doing because they're going to respect their peers you know like 70 year olds are going to respect a, um, another 70 year old versus instead of having to work with the age of a 70 year old having to talk with a 19 year old like there's there's a gap there um but yeah be, being able to, to talk on the same wavelength to say hey listen i went through the same things you did in the 50s and 60s um, but I talked with, you know, my grandson and he told me about all this kind of stuff and it's really enlightening, it's really helpful, I want to share it with you. Then all of a sudden you get that cross, that cross, um, that cross body of information that can really go a long way because then it's going to open up that other person's minds of the same age to say, hey listen, if this person at my age can absorb this information, I can too, it's not that hard. And I think conversely on the other side is when we talk with those younger generations, sometimes it can be difficult for them to not see anything but themselves. Um, and I, I don't want them to make it seem like they're self-centered. Um, it's just, they're still young in their lives that they're still exploring and it's focused, it's forcing them to be like, how do I figure this out? So they have to look at it through their lens nonstop. Um, but I think a helpful tool in that tool belt is when talking with younger ones saying, hey, if you're going to be developing these values, these teachings, how would you teach them to somebody even younger than you? And how would you instill that value? Like, so if you're talking to a teenager, you'd be like, hey, how would you teach this to somebody who's 10? 
who's six, who's seven. You know what I mean? Um, because then at that point in time, that's gonna get that teenager from saying, hey, they can't use the argument, oh, this is an old school way of thinking. This is, you know, they're not gonna be around anymore. Nope, this person is literally five, six years, 10 years younger than you are. They're gonna be right there with you. And so wouldn't you want those people to also spread the good word in between one another and be able to make a better community, a better society for everybody? Um, and I know that's gonna be difficult, but at the same time, I also feel like with how quickly things can fly through the internet and social media and friends when they're 16 years old, there's, there's gotta be a way that you can get them to flip that switch so that way they're teaching those same things and teaching those good values and sharing good things about their grandparents to another young person. Oh, that's perfect. It, it's, it's a mindset of being multi-generational. So it's just not the buck stop here once I pass it along, but to, to think and to have them think that, okay, like how you said, now I give the information to you. Now, how are you gonna pass along that information? And so that's just having that conversation and making the next generation conscious of that. You know, the next generation conscious of that. And so like, you know, sometimes, you know, when younger people, young people, they can just look at the, the now, you know, and look at what they're going through now and not think about what affects that, uh, the decision that they're making may affect the next generation afterwards. And so still having that conversation, that's a, a great value uh, to give our young people is the aspect of multi-generational, you know, that you're carrying on. And you know, you're carrying it on legacy, you're carrying on values, you're carrying on something that's greater than you. And to have the young people that think in that in that frame that you're doing something that's bigger than you, you're creating something that you want to outlive you, and you're and you're passing along something um, that is greater than you. All right, because you're actually getting what the information that I'm receiving, and now you're carrying it on. So framing the young person's mind to think multi-generational in a, in a sense is, is a great, is a great um, uh, a mindset to have when thinking about passing along the values down. Yeah, I think, I think you hit it right. I think that's a perfect place to kind of to wrap up there, to, to bring it open and, and to make sure that people say it from a multi-generational standpoint. I want to reemphasize that point because I think that part can sometimes be lost in the conversation to take yourself out and say, hey, this is, this is helping build the community. This is helping build the society, the family unit um, over time and sustained things. So to recap, to kind of bring it all together, I want to hit a couple of bullet points to, to kind of say how do we bridge this gap right so one is to look at creative ways to gather and get young and old uh all, all different aspects of life together colors creeds nationalities ethnicities religions and whatever in a room so that way we can do that um it's looking at a 360 degree view of the lessons the teachings the the things that we're trying to do um help instill a younger generation with a way to problem solve on their own, to be able to look at issues, to be able to look at the dynamics of things in a different lens and come to their own conclusions. We wanna make sure to be listening as much as possible and be super patient and use the power of play to instill those values so that way we can marry the values with the memories that will help bridge and, and cement the values into the into the growing mind. Um, we want to listen to them when they talk all the way through, and and withhold our information, withhold our opinion sometimes when we feel that it's not going to be beneficial to the growth and development of an own perspective. Um, we definitely want to absorb what generations are trying to teach and then share within those generations. So the young share with the young, 
the old share with the old, the middle share with the middle, so that way we can push information across that will be positive to the development of generations throughout. And carrying it on, you know, and have the mindset that it's bigger than you. So talk positively about others in that generation and others outside your generation because that can spread the positivity that's going to meld and build the generations together. Did I miss anything? Perfect. No, you're dead on. Line by line. <laughs> that's good. Well, perfect. I think we got some really good stuff today. Um, I really got to take a moment to to say a big, a big thank you to Daniel and all of his the way his mind works and the stuff that he was coming up with, I think was huge to, to bounce ideas off of. And we, I think we got a lot of really good quality information, a lot of good quality steps that, that you know, listeners can put in place to, to be able to help bridge that gap between older and younger generations. Um, so Daniel, thank you for your time. I know, you know, father of three and, uh, you know, youth pastor, I know time is precious for you, but I gotta, I gotta say thank you for coming on board and, and sharing your story and your time with us. Oh man, Mike, thank you for having me. Man, it was, um, it was fun. Um, I got a lot of good things out of this conversation as well. And, and keep doing what you're doing, man. I just want to encourage you, man, to your thousand listeners out there millions of listeners out there <laughs> well, no, I'm speaking into existence yeah. <laughs> well I'm speaking it into existence for you right now man but you know this is uh, a good work good platform of, of what you're doing man it was a pleasure being on and um, just thank you for having me yeah it's been my pleasure so um, for all you listeners out there my millions my tens of thousands to come um, hopefully when when I get a couple years down the road and you guys can see this you can be like yeah well, it's, you know X and X listener number a couple thousand anyway um, you can always catch us on on any one of our social media handles that using the handle at ideaprov and check out our website which is www.ideaprov.live um, so, and then just reach out to us, interact, let us know if there's an episode that you want to hear or a topic that's kind of been on your mind, or if you want to be on the show, absolutely come and, uh, reach out to us, ideaprov at gmail.com. Um, let us know, and then we can definitely get you on. We'd love to have you. Um, but make sure to stay, uh, stay tuned after the break. You're going to hear our invention of the week and we'll get to it and close it out after that. Hey, welcome to another episode of Invention of the Week. Um, this time I wanted to share something that I found online just from my own personal uh, preferences. I was actually thinking about getting a bike just to increase my physical activity during the times of the pandemic. And so with a bike, you need a helmet. And so I came across um, this Lumos, which is a specialty bike helmet started on Kickstarter a while back. Prices range from anywhere between 129 to 179. Um, but anyway, this bike kind of has headlights on it. It has taillights on it. As you can see from scrolling down, you know, the videos are super crisp and you're able to see turn signals. Um, you're able to connect it to your Google Watch, or your Apple Watch, um, so that way you can prevent biking accidents while you're riding late at night. So I thought this was just kind of something cool that would be able to share with as many people. Um, if you're ever in the neighborhood for a bike helmet, it, apparently it came out and won the uh, best invention by Red Dot in 2017. So have a look and uh, leave your information in the comments in the description below. And as usual, you can always reach out to us using the handle at Ideaprov. Until next time.